Shalom, everybody. Welcome to this week's Journey Through Torah. This week, we start a new book. We start a book, Exodus, also known as Shemot. In Hebrew, the name of the book is called Shemot, which means names. Now, it's interesting that this book starts off with talking about names. And uh, you would think the emphasis of this book would be them coming out of Egypt, which is Exodus, right? But Hebraic thinking, you know, this is what the book is called, Shemot, names. So what the, what's the big deal about a name? Well, it's about character. It's about life. It's about who you are. And in this book, Yahweh is starting to reveal himself to his people. He's starting to reveal who he is. He makes the declarations of who he is in this book. He is uh, calling the people into a covenant and relationship and uh, revealing himself, his name, his character to his people. So there's a lot to be in involved in this book. There's a lot to be said of this, but the underlying theme of this book is redemption. Okay. Throughout this entire book, we see a redemption process there. And, and we see our own lives in this too. We see our own lives and how we've been redeemed uh, in this as well. As we go through the book of Shemot, we start to see the things that Yahweh is doing in our life that is very similar to the things that have happened way back then, right? You know, 3,500 years ago, people are still the same, you know, uh, uh, life changes, technology changes, but people themselves are still the same. So we, uh, we need to learn who our God is. We need to learn the character of the one that we serve, and we need to determine who we serve. See, uh, all this, the underlying, like I said, the underlying theme of, uh, of this entire book is redemption. Let's look at a couple things here. Um, redemption. Let's look at this. You were oppressed. That's a sin and bondage, right? You were oppressed. And Yahweh says, I freed you with a mighty hand. And he did signs, wonders, and miracles. And then they crossed the sea. That's a mikvah, also called a baptism. And then he brought them to Sinai, Mount Sinai, to himself, where he revealed himself and his ruach, his spirit, to his people. He equipped them with the Torah and, and said, I want you to build a place where we can dwell together, a mishkan, and I will take you to the promise. So all of this is a, is a, the same thing we see in our lives today when he says he has redeemed us, these same declarations, the same process, if you will, uh, that he had back here in this book, Shemot, he deals with us in the, in the very same way. So it look, may look different, but he deals with us in the very same way. So we start off with this book about the people that are in Mitzrayim, which is the word for Egypt. They were in Mitzrayim and, um, what happens now? You know, it says there's a, there's a Pharaoh that came to power who didn't know Joseph, didn't know, uh, the, the, the people of Israel in this manner that, uh, Pharaoh was known before. So he says these people are great and mighty, right? Uh, if they decide they want to overpower us, they can. So let's overtake them and enslave them before they determine to rise up and come against us. You know, it's like a strike first is what they did. And we know this is not the way of Yahweh. This is the way of the world. But going all the way back to what Yahweh told Avram, he said, this is what's going to happen to your descendants. He said, they're going to go down to a place that's not theirs and they will become a great and mighty number there. And the people where they are in that land, they will oppress them. But he also says that I will bring them out. See, so we start to see this bringing out process. So when we open this book, Shemot, we find the people of Yahweh being ensnared, being taken into Mitzrayim, which uh, Mitzrayim means trouble. 
It's related to the word mitzar, which means narrow, straight, or a place of constriction. So they're being constricted. They're being oppressed here. They have taskmasters. They're being enslaved. And then the, the people start to cry out to Yahweh. Now, how do we see this? Where do we see this? Again, put yourself in the situation. You were a slave to sin. You were in bondage. You were oppressed. But Yahweh says, I will redeem you and I will bring you out. We're going to see this throughout this Parsha. And uh, we're going to see redemption and we're going to see, uh, you have to make the decision of the God that you serve, you know, choose today who you will serve. So we're going to see some of this in here, uh, starting in Exodus 113, it says, so they ruthlessly made the people of Israel work as slaves and they made their lives bitter with hard service and mortar and brick and all kinds of work in the field and all their work. They ruthlessly made them work as slaves. So they enslaved them and they oppressed them. And then, uh, not getting completely into the story of Moshe, but you know, the, the origin story of Moshe, um, he was raised as a prince in, in, in Egypt and he ends up running away because he tried to deliver a Hebrew and he killed an Egyptian to do it and he got scared and he took off. Okay. So he's off in the wilderness. So I'm not really quick going through that. Right. So we're not going into all that now, but we do know we find him. In the wilderness, he's tending sheep, he's tending the flock, and he sees this, uh, uh, which he found a wife out there, you know, right? The Yitro, one of Yitro's daughters. So marries her, and he's, he, now they have some children, and he's being a shepherd, he's tending a flock. So this is like 40 years later, right? So he, he says he, he goes and he's off, he's off in the wilderness, and he sees, uh, in the mountain, he sees this uh, fire and he says, there's this bush over there and it's not being consumed. He turns aside to, uh, uh, to go see what's going on, right? Which is strange in and of itself, but not going there. So he goes and he approaches and then Yahweh speaks to him from the midst of the burning bush. And, uh, and he tells him to come closer, take off your sandals, come closer. And, and this is kind of what happens. He says, I want you to go to Mitzrayim. I want you to be a deliverer for me. And, um, and Moses starts talking about this and he says, he starts kind of arguing with Yahweh and he's saying, well, who am I to go? Right. I mean, I can't talk, right. I, I, I can't speak, right. I can't do these things. And he starts to make excuses about different things, but even saying, well, they don't even, I mean, who do I say sent me? You know, I mean, again, this is, comes down to an issue of knowing Yahweh, knowing him. Uh, Moshe says, so who do I say sent me? He, he would know who sent him, right? He says, well, who do I say sent me? So who do I tell them sent me? So again, we're talking about identity. We're talking about knowing the one true God. Let's take, let's back up and let's take a look at a couple of things in Exodus three, uh, verse six. And so he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Yitzhak and the God of Yaakov. And Moshe hid his face for he was afraid to look at God. And then Yahweh said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters, and I know their sufferings. And I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Verse 9. And now behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Now, first off, he says, I am the God of your fathers. Okay, so that is identity, that's connection, that's covenant relationship. I am the God of your fathers. And uh, so Moses immediately had a connection with Yahweh because he was identified as, you know, your father. Uh, I am the God of your father. Okay, so there was this immediate connection there. 
And then he says, I've heard the cry of my people. We'll come to that in a minute. And he says, uh, they were my people. So again, it's not that Yahweh forsook them or left them in Egypt. Okay. He did not turn his back on his people when they were in Egypt, but yet there was, there was a, a process of what had to happen. They needed to come to be, uh, in this land and they had to go to this great power. And Yahweh was going to break the yoke of the world on them to bring them out as a great nation. Now, sometimes it may not make sense of how Yahweh does things in our life. Okay. But. He does do things in our life, and he does say, I will bring you through many things. But that's the key, will bring us through. The scripture says that he hears the cry of his people. It's not that he turned his back on you. It's just that he does things differently than the way that we would do them, okay? And uh, ultimately, and in the long run, in the long plan, that's that's much, much, much better, right? So anyway, let's look at this. So he heard our cry. He heard us, all right? Look at Psalm 116. One through four, it says, I love Yahweh because he has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy because he inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I will call on him as long as I live. The snares of death encompassed me. The pains, that's this word pains is, uh, is, is the same word we looked at there. Mitzar, same word we get from Mitzrayim. Uh, again, it's Mitzray. The word is Mitzrayim. It's, it's trouble. It's, it's a suffering, right? It's Mitzar of Sheol laid, laid on me and I suffered distress and anguish. Then I called on the name of Yahweh. Oh, Yahweh, I pray, deliver my soul. Look at Psalm 118, 5. It says, out of my distress, out of my distress, I called on Yahweh, and the Lord answered me and set me free. So mean is from or out of ha mitzar. Mitzar is the word we're looking there. Karati, uh, yeah. And so he says from, and then ha, ha mitzar is the word again, mitzar, which is where we got mitzrayim from. So out of my distress or out of my trouble, and then uh, karati is, uh, I called Yah. I called Yah, and Yah answered me and set me free. Psalm 34. Verse 15 and 17 says, the eyes of Yahweh are upon the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. The face of Yahweh is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry and Yahweh hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. So see that? So when the righteous cry out, it's not like Yahweh doesn't hear. He hears. But this was now was the time to respond. Now was the time to do what he said he was going to do. Now's the time to uh, deliver them, right? The time had come for these things to happen. So he sends Moshe to go to Pharaoh and, uh, you know, let my people go, right? So he sends Moshe to Pharaoh and says, I want you to let my people go, uh, says Yahweh, and we're going to go into the wilderness, three days journey. We're going to go off and, and have a festival to Yahweh. And, and how did Pharaoh respond to this, to this, right? He didn't like this. I mean, this is his economy, so to speak, right? He didn't, he, who, who are these people and who was their God, right? So how does Pharaoh respond? Like I said, how does he respond to this deity that he doesn't know and doesn't serve? He, he could care less, right? And 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 basically tells uh, tells Moshe this. He's like, you're just trying to keep the people from their work, kind of a thing, right? Uh, what what goes on here? So Exodus five. Uh, one and two. So afterward, Moshe and Aaron, they went and they said to Pharaoh, thus says Yahweh, the God of Israel, let my people go that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. But Pharaoh says, who is Yahweh that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I do not know Yahweh. Moreover, I will not let Israel go. This is something very important. Why would he not let them go? Because he says, I don't know Yahweh. I don't know your God. 
and therefore I will not bow to him and I will not do what he says because I do not know him. So again, we're talking about relationship with Yahweh. Okay. And, um, Pharaoh didn't have one. Okay. That's it. But see, we're kind of in this, in, in, in this way to start too, because we will not automatically acknowledge and worship Yahweh in our life. We must choose to do so. Okay. Our default setting is, is a fallen world and sin. Now, we can see Yahweh all around us and we can see the effects of everything that he does, but we have to make that choice that we are going to serve our creator. Okay. And if we do not make this choice to serve him and acknowledge him as our deity, then we don't care really what his word has to say. It says we will not accept his word as life and as the authority of life if we are not his. But if we are his, then we should listen to his word and place it within our, within our hearts, right? I mean, Yeshua said this. He said, my sheep do what? My sheep hear my voice. And it's, and it's not just to hear his voice, but hear his voice and follow him, right? Let's, let's look at this. John 10, 25 says, Yeshua says, I told you and you do not believe the works that I do in my father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. John 5, 46 says, for if you believe Moses, you would believe me for he wrote of me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? John 15, 9 and 10 says, as a father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. John 1, go back to chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. The darkness has not overcome it. Look at John 1, 9. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. See that? So when when uh, Pharaoh was presented with the word, he says, uh, so says Yahweh, the God of the Hebrews, let my people go. He goes, I don't know your God. I could care less about what he says. See that? So in other words, what he's trying to say is you are trying to put rules on me. You are trying to give me instruction and you have no authority according, according to my, my thinking, you know, you have no authority to tell me anything. I'm not going to listen to you. He does not have a relationship with Yahweh and have a relationship with, uh, the, the, the Hebrews, right? So I found something pretty cool in this. Um, uh, who does Pharaoh serve? He serves himself. Okay. He served a, a many, many different gods, but he served himself. And so how did he receive uh, the words from Yahweh? Well, let's look at this. Rules without relationship brings rebellion. In relationship without rules, it brings confusion and lawlessness. So what we learn is that righteous behavior is only taught and found in the Torah. The power and ability to be able to perform that righteousness is only found in God's grace and his mercy. And it was, uh, I got this from Brad Scott. I like it because it says if we, if we put rules on someone, we don't have a relationship there. It breeds rebellion, contempt. Uh, I mean, all this in there. But if we have a relationship, it, 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 it helps cultivate. It helps foster that. But if we have a relationship with no rules, you know, we have a lot of that today, right? Uh, especially in families, parents and children, we have relationship, but there's no boundaries. If we have a relationship with no boundaries and it creates confusion and it creates lawlessness. 
Okay. So again, uh, we have to have the relationship and the boundaries, the relationship and the rules, so to speak. They go in there together. Okay. So there came a day, obviously, when Pharaoh had to relent to Yahweh. He had to relent to Yahweh. Exodus 12, 31 says he summoned Moshe and Aaron by night. And he says, up, go out from among my people, both you and the people of Israel and go serve Yahweh. Look at this as you have said. See that? And even Pharaoh's army in Exodus 14, 25, when they're following the people into the sea, the, the Egyptians said, let us flee from before Israel for Yahweh fights for them against the Egyptians. See that? So there, there did ultimately come a time when Pharaoh said, okay, go, just as you have said, go worship Yahweh, go worship your God, just, just leave. And, uh, but notice he didn't, still didn't declare, um, relationship with him. He just came to know that Yahweh fought for them and he didn't, he was done with that. It was no more. Okay. So he's, he told them to leave. And then when after they left, he changed his mind. He goes to follow them and they go into the sea. And then the Egyptians, the people are saying their God fights for them. Right. Uh, yes, he does. Anyway, um, that's for a later, a later time. So going to Exodus eight. 9 and 10 says, Moshe says to Pharaoh, be pleased to command me when I am to plead for you, your servants and the people that the frogs be cut off from you and your houses to be left only in the Nile. Remember, he he summoned him after the plague of the frogs and he's like, get rid of these frogs. And he says, uh, uh, you know, I, I have sinned against you and your, your and God, right? So he says, get rid of these frogs. And so he gets rid of the frogs and then Pharaoh changes his mind. He hardens his heart again, right? So again, what happens here? But notice this, the, the phrasing in verse 10. And he says, so when do I get rid of these? He said, tomorrow. And Moses says, be it as it, as you say, so that you may know there is no one like Yahweh, our God. And that's the thing. All will know him. Okay. So the people of Israel that were in Mitzrayim, not all of them knew the God that they served. Okay. Matter of fact, can you say they served him if they didn't know him? No, they didn't. They, they were raised up in Mitzrayim, raised up in Egypt. Were there a few who knew about their God? I'm, I'm pretty sure there was. I mean, there were elders among Israel and they would have uh, tried to pass down some, some advice and would have definitely have said something about the God of their fathers, right? Because when Moses came to them and says, I am the God of your fathers. Oh yeah, we know this guy, right? We know the stories, but they didn't have that personal experience with him. Okay. But yet Yahweh says that there's a time when all will know him. Like it or not, all will know him. The question is when I'll come to know him, at what state, at what condition will we be standing before him? Okay. So it says all will know him. Look at Isaiah 11. 9 and 10, it says, For the earth will be full of the knowledge of Yahweh, as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse, who shall stand as a signal for the peoples of him, shall the nations inquire, and his resting place shall be glorious. Who's this speaking of? That's speaking of Yeshua, right? The root of Jesse he is a signal, or the word for signal is also the word for miracle. He is a sign, a miracle, a signal for the people, and to him all the nations will come, right? Look in Hebrews, Hebrews 8 and 10. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares Yahweh. I will put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God and they shall be my people. And they shall not teach each one his neighbor and each one his brother, saying, Know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest. You see this? He says uh, there's going to be a day when you're not going to have to say to anyone, Know Yahweh. That's like trying to explain who he is. He says he will all will know me. Now, the question is, are we there yet? No, we're not there yet. They don't all know him. Okay. So uh, until then, we need to learn to work together and we've got some stuff to do, right? But all will know him. But by the way, this is quoting from Jeremiah, Jeremiah 31, 
Verse 31 says, Behold, the days are coming, declares Yahweh, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Now, who's this covenant with? The house of Israel and the house of Judah. That's both kingdoms, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, all 12 tribes coming back together. Okay. So who's this with again? This new covenant that is being given here? Mm-hmm. The house of Israel and the house of Judah. Verse 32. Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares Yahweh. Verse 33. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares Yahweh. I will put my law within them. I will put his, he will put his Torah in, in us and write it on their hearts and I will be their God. And they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know Yahweh, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares Yahweh. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. See that? So again, we're talking about this new covenant is knowing him. And that's uh, it doesn't change the God that we serve, and it doesn't change his word. It changes how we know him. See, not just reading about him now, but it is within our hearts. It's to change us. So when we come to know him, it changes us. We need to have that word written within us. So when Israel came out of of Mitzrayim, when they came out of Egypt, uh, do you think nobody heard about it? No, everybody heard about it. All the nations surrounding Egypt heard about it, right? And uh, and then uh, Yitro came to find out what was going on when they came out, right? Let's let's look at it. Uh, Exodus 18. Nine, Yitro rejoiced for all the good that Yahweh had done to Israel, and that he had delivered them out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Yitro said, Blessed be Yahweh, who has delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, and out of the hand of Pharaoh, and has delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know, look at this, now I know, Yahweh is greater than all gods, because in this affair they dealt arrogantly with the people. So the idea is, all Israel will know they had to know the, the, they had to learn, learn to make this decision to follow him. He says, I'm going to be a deliverer and I'm going to bring you out. And people are like, yay. And then all this plague started happening, all these hardship and things started getting tough and people started looking around at each other going, what's going on? Right. They started grumbling and complaining then in Egypt, right? You read it. Um, the elders went to Moses and said, what are you doing to us? We were better off if you weren't here. Right. <laughs> and, and they never really stopped doing that. But anyway, we won't get into that. But here he says, um, uh, I, I all will know me. So starting with Israel, they have to know the God they serve, but Israel is to be a light to the nations. So the two, all Israel will know him and all people will know him. Starting there, you know, you start here with personal relationship. Again, we're talking about one-on-one. We're talking about you in a relationship with the Most High, but then it has to spread. It has to spread. Look at this, uh, Exodus 6, 6 and 7, to know him and to be redeemed. In Exodus 6, what Yahweh is telling Moshe, um, this is redeeming Israel because he said all these things that he's going to do here is an act of redemption for redeeming Israel. Look at Exodus 6. Say therefore to the people of Israel, I am Yahweh, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will bring you out. I will deliver you. See that? I will redeem you. See that? And I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God. And you shall know I am Yahweh your God who has brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. We have to know him. We're not going to serve him if we don't know him. And this was uh, uh, what Moses had to do. He had to learn who the God of his fathers was. And he had to make the determination that he was going to follow him. 
Okay. And uh, further, we have the same thing to do. But all Israel had to learn that as well. In Leviticus 23, talking about the Moedim, and this one talking about Sukkot, he says, you shall dwell in Sukkot, Sukkot, that's booths, for seven days. All native Israelites shall dwell in booths, that your generations may know that I made the people of Israel dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am Yahweh your God. See that? That's relationship. The Lord wants you to know him. Yahweh wants you to know him and and uh, keep covenant with him. Look at Deuteronomy 4, verse 33. Did any people ever hear the voice of a God speaking out of the midst of the fire as you have heard and still live? Or has any God ever attempted to go and take a nation for himself from the midst of another nation by trials, by signs, by wonders, by war, by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm and by great deeds of terror? all of which Yahweh your God did for you in Egypt before your eyes. To you it was shown that you might know, look at this, that you might know Yahweh is God and there is no other beside him. Look in uh, verse 39. Know therefore today to lay it to your heart that Yahweh is God in heaven above and on the earth beneath there is no other. Therefore, see that? He is your God. Therefore, you shall keep his statutes and his commandments, which I command you today, that it may go well with you and your children after you, that you may prolong your days in the land that Yahweh your God is giving you for all time. Again, we're talking about you know him. And then if you know him, then you will receive his word and walk in it. See, that's again, Pharaoh didn't know this God, so I ain't going to listen, right? Let's go to Jeremiah. Jeremiah 24, verse 5, Thus says Yahweh, the God of Israel, Like these good figs, so I will regard as good the exiles from Judah, whom I have sent away from this place to the land of the Chaldeans, and I will set my eyes on them for good, and I will bring them back to this land. I will build them up and not tear them down. I will plant them and not pluck them up. I will give them a heart to know. Look at this. A heart to know that I am Yahweh, and they shall be my people and I will be their God, for they shall return to me with their whole heart. See that? Return with their whole heart. That means that's it. I know he is my God. I will serve him. But in serving him, as we've already touched on, means I'm going to listen to his voice. I'm going to read his word. I'm going to get that word in me so that uh, it comes out of me. Okay. Uh, we do have a role in knowing him. We do have a role in knowing our God. We have to search for him. And, and here's the thing. He says, if you search me, you will, you will find me. If you search me wholeheartedly, he is everywhere. He is all around. Okay. He makes himself known. Do we want to see it? Do we want to walk in it? Do we want to learn his ways? Do we want to have covenant with the eternal, with the one that created you? Look at his Ezekiel 20 verse 18. And I said to their children in the wilderness, do not walk in the statutes of your fathers, nor keep their rules, nor defile yourselves with their idols. I am Yahweh, your God. Walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Look at verse 20. Keep my Shabbats holy, that they may be a sign between me and you, that you may know that I am Yahweh, your God. See this? That was one of the things. He says, keep my Sabbath, that you may know that I am your God. Wow. See, some of the things he asks us to do is just for the sake of, of uh, reconnecting and having this relationship with him. Look, uh, Ezekiel 36, 
26, a new heart I will also give you, and I will take a new spirit, and I will put it in you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes. You shall keep my judgments and do them. See that? When he takes away the stony heart and gives us a heart of flesh, gives us a new heart, then we will have a heart to keep his commandments by walking in his spirit. He says, I will give you a new spirit. I'll give you a new heart. And you're going to keep my word. See that? He doesn't give you a new spirit, which is his spirit, and a new heart, which is his heart, so that you can walk contrary to his word. He gives it to you so that you can walk in his word. Ezekiel 11, 19, I will give them one heart. And I will put a new spirit within you and I will take the stony heart out of their flesh and I will give them a heart of flesh that they may walk in my statutes, keep my ordinances and do them and they shall be my people and I will be their God. See that? Now, you start to see this theme that reoccurs throughout this whole thing. It's about knowing him. It's about relationship and and declaring he is the one that we serve. He is our God. And because of that, we will walk with him. It's not just learning about his ways, but it's his ways that reveal his heart that we're learning how to walk with him. Okay, that's why he says at the mountain, uh, when after they brought them to Mount Sinai, after he redeemed them, he brought them through the mikvah, he, he, he brought them to himself, he revealed his spirit and his word to his people. Then he says, I want you to build me a mishkan. I want you to build the tabernacle, the word shakhan is to dwell. I want you to build me a mishkan, a dwelling place that I may dwell among, among my people. And this word among means within, literally within. So he says, I want you to prepare a place for me to dwell within you. That's what it's been all about, guys, from the very beginning. Look at Exodus 29, 45. It says, I will dwell among the people of Israel and will be their God. And they shall know that I am Yahweh their God, who brought them out of the land of Egypt, that I might dwell among them. I am Yahweh their God. Where else do we see this kind of talking? Look, fast forward, look in the book of Revelation 21, verses 1 through 4. Then I saw the new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Verse 3. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more, and neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. See this? In his presence is the fullness of joy. In his presence what, who can stand? What else can dwell there? So as we are making these declarations, you know, he is our God. He is the one that we serve. It's going to change your life. Know that one day we will be completely and totally in his presence. But for now, we need to learn to serve him here. So we must prepare a dwelling place, your heart. We must prepare the dwelling place for him to reside so that he can live within you. So how do we do that? Keeping his word. If he is our God, keep his word. Walk with him and learn his heart along the way. Okay. All right, guys, that's all we have for you today. So um, I thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching. If these uh, have been a blessing to you, please share them on whatever platform you watch, uh, whatever social media or whatever it is that you're watching. Please share these. 
And uh, if, if we, we do love to hear from you as well. So if you uh, have some comments, please let us know your comments as well. And if these have been an encouragement to you, then uh, we ask that you consider making a donation to help keep, keep us making these, you know, help us keep these things going. Uh, equipment has costs and things cost things to do. And uh, so we do need um, we do need your help to, in order to keep these uh, videos moving along and uh, able to be uh, uploaded as much as they can be so that you can watch them and share them. All right. So uh, we appreciate your help guys. And uh, may this, may this teaching, I hope this has been an encouragement. I hope this has been a challenge and uh, I hope it gives us a, a room that, to change, right? Uh, it touches our hearts so that we can learn to be more like him, learn to walk in his character, learn to walk in his name. All right. Well, that's all we got for you guys. So uh, until next time, blessings to you and Shalom.